thought. I was trying to get through your pants. In my pants? In your pants. Hi. Welcome to the Divers Girl Movie Club. On today's show, we'll be discussing the 1992 sports diplomacy movie, It's Mr. Baseball, starring Magnum P.I. I'm your host, Neil T., chewing sunflower seeds in merry old England. On today's show, I'm joined by the Divers Girl Movie Club members, Todd Brisket in Austin, Texas. Are you ready for party action? And from Rhode Island, it's Stephen Greenwell. I have seen free mustache rides offered in America, <laughs> but only on t-shirts from guys you would not uh, want a ride, a ride from. <laughs> oh, that's better than, than wow. now. Wow, oh dear. <laughs> and now it's time for the feature everyone's talking about. It's Jackie's Movie Synopsis Time. Take it away, Jackie. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, Mr. Baseball serves Tom Stelick's mustache <laughs> and, his, and his chest hair, and they're both fantastic oh, and yeah. dreamy. <laughs> I, I don't really know what else happens in the rest of the movie, but after after seeing this, I, I watched Magnum P.I. with John for like five hours, and it was incredible. I think there's some baseball in this movie. <laughs> that was excellent. Thank you, Jackie. Um, now, Steve, this is your uh, movie choice. Did you pick it because um, you're a fan or because you think it was a big turd? I picked it solely because we got spring training right now in the States. Yeah, it's baseball season, Neil. Sure. Yeah. But, Neil, but we're out there hitting the, hitting the field and swinging those we bats. Could've, we could have watched Major League Two or Major League Three or even Major League One. Uh, those movies well, are all yeah. better than this. Yeah. Why would you do that when you can watch Mr. Baseball? Yeah. I mean, Neil, you're from England. Mm -hmm. We have an international audience. Mm -hmm. Why would we confine ourselves to North America's pastime when there's there's Major League and Japanese League Baseball in this movie? <laughs> yeah. Well, I had to, to be honest, I had to, after watching this movie, I had to use Major League One as my antidote to the, the shitty movie that was Mr. Baseball. <laughs> Um, because I was so annoyed at it. I don't know about you, T. Really? Mm. Really? So annoyed? It's a turd. <laughs> no. No. It's it's nowhere near a good movie, but I put it, it's like, it's like right down the middle of the movie spectrum. Like it's, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just, it's just there. It's, it's a, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's not a good rom-com. It's not a good, well, it's an okay sports movie. Well, one thing I like about this movie is uh, the baseball is interesting in this movie compared to other baseball <laughs> movies. Uh, yeah, I the, did the read a review. The baseball said, aspect of it is more. It said um, the the baseball part was was realistic or was was convincing, but I don't know. I don't, I don't wasn't really captivated by it, as opposed to something like Major. I mean, because I, I I like sports movies in general, and I've got a I really like baseball movies for some reason. Baseball really translates well to movies. Um, and most of the because it's, it's a lot of people standing around talking to each other, looking at their coaches. Uh, they, you can actually make baseball look pretty interesting on on film, um, unlike the, in real life, um, where it's kind of a nine hours of nothing, really. Um, 
like now, for example Neil. the natural it's pretty exciting the natural is pretty exciting um bull drummond major league they're all pretty good good uh good fun movies aren't they sure yeah they are <laughs> well i guess i'm in the minority here then well neil this movie is basically it basically is major league but racist yes <laughs> super racist <laughs> i don't know if you if you saw any of the um the posters or the cover cover art for uh this movie um no they're pretty bad i think i maybe i'll send them around to, to you guys in, in a bit i've just seen i've just seen the one with uh tom Selleck's mug and and dennis Haysbird Haysbird fo- badly, photoshopped in the badly background. photoshopped in yeah that's the own that's yeah. the imdb poster isn't it yeah there are a couple more or maybe yeah. i'll pull them up in a second but yeah you described it as major league but racist i i wrote down it's major league if you set it in japan and the writer left the script on the bus or his dog ate it because there's no there's no plot there's no story there's nothing to carry the movie along is there really or is there am i did i miss something is there something there lost is. in translation it's, from the japanese is, this is <laughs> america no big star jaku elliot san he's trying to redeem himself but why is he called mr baseball you know they never explain that he's not very good at baseball mr baseball is he he's not like a big star is he really you know he's the big slugger he, he was a big star he was a yeah. big star was he yeah, because ba- Dennis yeah. Haysbert is kind he's on, of a big he's slugger. He's on the isn't uh, he? he's on the sunset of his career in America. He was the big slugger, and now mm. he's taking his mm. his big arms and big mustache over to Japan. <laughs> he was a World Series MVP at one point. They mentioned that in the film. Okay, now I found a, a fairly fairly good one, which I think you'll find funny. Uh, is it the uh, one from Wikipedia where the top line is he's the biggest thing to hit Japan since Godzilla? It sounds like they did like about 15, uh, uh, 15 uh, pieces of artwork for this. Let me send you this one, see if it works. Mr. Baseball, burning more faces than Nagasaki. In Hiroshima like an atomic bomb. <laughs> it's Tom Selleck blowing a bubble with a Japanese flag through it. Yeah. And a tiny, tiny a- Japanese man next to <laughs> It's ridiculous. Jack Elliott's on blowing bubble. Big star Jack Elliott's on... Oh, the other one you've seen, which is the one with... That is a really badly photoshopped um, version of uh, of Dennis yeah. Haysbert, isn't it? I'm, I'm guessing I it's the because... I get feeling they, they're, they're trying to sell this movie on Tom Selleck alone. Like, really, he's Tom Selleck is the only recognizable person in here. And they kind of give uh, Dennis um, Hilberg second billing on the posters. Mm. Well, Hilberg. I think they... He's, he's barely in the movie. Well, I think what happened... Here's my, here's my th- hypothesis. You know, the original posters were, it was just uh, Tom Selleck. And then along yeah. comes Dennis Haysbert and he's in 24 and he's the president. And all of a sudden he's kind no, of a bigger star than Tom Selleck. In, 24 say, came along say, a decade later. I know, but let's say they came out, you know, in 1992, there were no DVDs. So let's say, say they came out with a DVD in, I don't know, let's say 2004, whenever they came out with it. Uh, by that time, you know, there is no more Tom Selleck really, is there? Although he does that sort of straight to video. What does he do? Some kind of detective thing or something? I know what he does. Yeah. Yeah, that detective show. Mm. Um Okay, I can see this picture now and wow, they they <laughs> did they hire a midget to play the Japanese guy? <laughs> that's quite offensive, isn't it? You know, Tom Tom Selleck, I looked it up just to just to do a little research, I looked up Tom Selleck is actually six foot four. Mm. Um, which means that would give him a little bit of height over the Japanese players. But you know, Japanese baseball players are legit baseball players. They're not all shrimps. You know? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. At least according to Wikipedia, Selleck, um, while he did not play baseball in college, it looks like he played basketball in college. 
Well, he was a, a very big baseball fan. So when if you ever mm-hmm. see um, Magnum PI, he's wearing a Detroit Tigers hat the entire time, apparently. Yep. Um, and he had been offered um, baseball movies in the past. And he didn't like the script. Um, and so he, he, he obviously responded <laughs> to this one. And the director was kind of pissed off because apparently he Selick had script approval. The studio had script approval. And the director, who's done some really good movies, um, like Roxanne is one of the comedies he did, for example. Um, he kind of, I think he came on late. He was kind of rescuing the film. I don't know whether they had a director on there previously. And um, he said he was kind of annoyed that he couldn't, he couldn't put as much humor as he would have liked in, in the movie. And Selick wanted to make it more of a sort of straight story, apparently. Mm. Well, you know, Selick has such impeccable taste. How could you, uh, it's, it's weird because I do Three men find... and a baby, three men and a little lady, three men and another yeah. baby from somewhere. I, I, I find Selick, I, you know, Jackie was speaking about how, how pretty he was. I do think he, he does have like a commanding sort of look to him, but it has not really translated well to roles outside of Magnum PI. He's been on, um, since then he's been on Las Vegas and, uh, Blue Bloods, which are CBS, NBC yeah. kind of by the number shows. And he did a, a guest it on, on friends. Um, but yeah. you know, I, he's very well known for a guy who, when you look at his IMDB, you're like, you oh, know, that's it. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. Well, he's, I think he's aged quite well. Like even in, even in, um, Mr. Baseball, he was like knocking on 47 and mm-hmm. if you, and so that's, I don't think that's very realistic for a baseball player. I know, I know baseball players can play pretty, pretty, you know, pretty, went till they're pretty long in the tooth, but like in major league, Tom Berenger was kind of on his last legs, literally like his knees mm-hmm. were giving out and he was 40 when he did that role, but he looks older in major league. I think than Selick looks in this. Oh yeah. I, I, until I just looked at yeah. his IMDb, I did not realize he was in his forties for Mr. Baseball. I thought mm. he was late forties. I think, yeah. Mm. yeah, I think think of his age in the film. It's like 32 or 33. Oh, it can't be. No. Mm. Well, the, the character he's playing. I know, but 32. that's still not realistic. Is it? But baseball players play, Till they're in their one into the thirties, don't they? Yeah, I, I think know. they. Yeah, they they play well in, into their thirties. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Well, normally a, a baseball player's peak is generally in the twenty-seven to thirty-two range, and then from then from there you normally have injuries and um, you know sapping production and that kind of thing. Now he was playing. I mean, like so, Berenger was playing. What's that guy behind the stop? Is that is it? What's he called? A short, not short. Jake <laughs> Jake, Jake Taylor, the catcher. The cat is that a catcher? Well, he he had problems yep. with his knees. Obviously, he's crouching down he, um, for you know when he's playing the game, and he had problems with his knees. Obviously, your 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 uh, pitchers will have major issues with their arms over mm-hmm. time. But what what position was was Selick playing? First base. Yeah. Right. So he's basically he, he's a uh, what we would say in cricket, cricket terms, he's like a batsman, really, isn't he? He's a he's a hitter. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 First base is normally where they put guys who are not the greatest defensively anyway, but who can hit real well. Mm. So, right. For okay. example, the the guy who replaced, uh, yeah, the guy who replaced Jack Elliott on the Yankees was uh, Frank Thomas in a uh, somewhat uncredited cameo, who was a hulking rookie at the time, and he is now a Hall of Fame member. I, I imagine they that was not they did not use any doubles for that. He probably was hitting legitimate five hundred foot home runs in those scenes. 
<laughs> Which scenes are we talking about? Uh, the the New York Yankees spring training. Oh, oh, oh I see. They, right, right. When they took um, they take a look at the new kid who's replacing Elliot. Oh, okay. I'm with you. Yes. Right. Well, that rookie guy apparently did really well. Yeah. I was reading up on trivia somewhere. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think um, Selleck can hit a bit. And obviously, Dennis Haysbert, he was in Major League. He obviously can hit a bit as well, can't he? Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, it's always better when you have decent players. Like, again, I keep going back to Major League, but a lot of those guys could actually play a bit, couldn't they? So they couldn't do well, it to Well, I don't it. think... Did you ever see Dennis Haysbert do... Anything? Well, he was up to bat, but and he took a swing, but yeah, maybe not practice, actually. Wasn't it? Was he playing. doing much? In, was doing much in the games? Was he? Well, he's he's batting cleanup. It looked like. Mm. Yeah. So he was doing he was doing stuff. He's getting he's getting Selick around the bases. <laughs> Ultimately, they chose uh, Dennis Haysbert over Selick in the uh, mm. in the ultimate penultimate scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. where the that's where the exciting story came in with the guy. Guy with a bad, bad ponytail, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There were a couple of really bad ponytails. There was like a horrible ponytail on that greasy guy. And there was always a horrible rat tail thing as well. Mm-hmm. How did people... On, on what who? was going on in 92, 1992 in America? We didn't have those here. What was going on? Did everyone go mad? The greasy ponytail phase? Mm. Hey, man, that yeah. was just that was just how agents stressed back then. It should have he been like the in bit- The Simpsons. I wish it had been like in The Simpsons and like the... Was it Mr. Burns bought a team and then he went around and said people's sideburns were too long and they had to <laughs> chop bits off. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, he'd go around asking for Selleck to take his moustache off and cutting off all the rat tails. And <laughs> Yeah. Well, George, George Steinbrenner, the owner of the Yankees, was notorious for that. Oh, really? Like, if you're, if you're on the Yankees, you're not allowed to grow facial hair. Which yeah, they is- had a, a, a strict uniform. Because yeah. they're baseball players. They like the moustaches, don't they, a lot of them, it seems to me. Or am I thinking of um, They did in the 80s and 90s. And mm. They did, yeah. Yeah. I don't think you see many mustaches around in baseball nowadays. It's usually mm. a full, a full like beard. Yeah, I did. I did notice. Maybe it was as long as maybe ten years ago, but I do seem to recall. I mean, it's, it's a bit like in football here, soccer here, where that you know the the bad hairstyles seem to sort of linger a little bit too long, like the mullets and what have you. Well, Neil, if if his mustache got got in the way of his swing, he'll shave it. Ha 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 ha! Hilarious. It's funny, you see. <laughs> That's a joke from the movie. <laughs> About the blatant racism in this movie, this it's over the top. Like even down to <laughs> the subtitles that they give the Japanese people. Mm. Um, I really. For, I have a couple of examples here. Uh, when during the first press conference, um, the subtitles say "Architecture beautiful, society cutting edge of progress." Um, another <laughs> one is. Uh, this is this is the translator. He's talking to the manager, and the subtitle says he welcomes all advice from most honorable manager. Um, and another one is when the ladies in the office are talking, and they're talking about uh, Gaijin uh, Tom Selleck, and they say foreigner charming, foreigner romantic, foreigner always leave. The subtitles are <laughs> completely racist. Uh, that's a good point. Um, you wonder how they made it because they shot most of it in Japan, didn't they? Uh, Nagoya, I they think did, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, on location. The, guy, the director Nagoria, is Australian. Nagoria, as you say. The director is Australian, so he's that's kind of the similar kind of region, isn't it? Um, and maybe that's his. Maybe that's his doing. I don't know. Um, no. Why would you? So say if I'm if I'm speaking in German. What's like a good thing? I'm just trying to work it out. If I speak fluent German and you were to uh, translate what I'm saying into subtitles, would you put like broken English as the subtitles? Um. 
I don't. Maybe that's a deliberate co- comedy thing. I mean, I think you. I think. It's I think part of the problem for me is it's not, thing, none yeah. of it's funny. So I wasn't laughing at that either. I don't know whether that's supposed to be funny. It was. It was not. It's just a sign of the times where they have just. Uh, you know. Uh, in. I was watching with my kids the other day. I was watching Peter Pan, the nineteen fifties cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have that entire scene with the Indians, the red, the red skin man. <laughs> right. And the the whole time they're saying like, "Oh, me chief, me." eat them you know fire water like that it's like blatant racism yeah Mm -hmm. don't know i didn't really notice that to be honest i guess i wasn't paying too much attention but on the the subject of the japanese (laughs) having a problem with this movie i don't know if you read the uh well you probably wouldn't there's there's an article in the baltimore sun about the same sort of time as the movie came out um uh saying basically the uh that matsushita um who company behind panasonic and other brands (laughs) they bought universal (laughs) pictures uh are you laughing, TB? Uh, your pronunciation is worse than Tom Selleck's. Uh, well, how would you pronounce it? <laughs> what, what are you saying? Well, Matsushita. Well, Brit, Brits would say Mats, Matsushita. Matsushita. Okay. And I think it's Matsushita. From from what I've... No, I, I have no. actually spoken to some <laughs> Japanese people. I don't know. You can correct me there, TB. Matsushita. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, continue, well, please. Well, okay. Well, you can correct my pronunciation, but I, I have actually spoken to people who work for the company. So, All right. So... Okay, I mangled that. But this company, who owned Panasonic, so they bought uh, Universal Pictures at the same time as the movie was being filmed, um, and there was a, there were there were allegations that they that they changed the script um, to eliminate Japan bashing, and and Tom Selleck denies this, um, but allegedly or apparently the Japanese preview audience has a proud problem with the interracial screen romance and the steamy sex scenes between Mr. Selleck and the actress Aya Takanashi. Sure. Um, yeah. So, and they they said there was talk about it being pulled, um, and the screen and the the release date being delayed in Japan. But I also heard that the reason for that was that the real dragons, I think the team he plays for the dragons, the real dragons had a had mm-hmm. a bad season, and that was the reason it was pulled. Pull, but I don't I'll push back. But I don't know what the truth is there. Yeah, I will say That's a le- um, legit concern. Yes. Yeah, he, mm. Hiroka, she. Uh, she never acted in another American film after this. Uh-huh. She only acted in w- like one Japanese thing after this, and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's like a made-for-TV movie. Mm-hmm. She's a... Uh, there's really no other competition, She, but she is easy on the eyes. She's okay. She can do it without, without the, the entire like powder face makeup. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of an, is that kind of and an old-fashioned look the for, the, lipstick. for the Japanese women? Because, yeah. yeah, it was pretty noticeable, wasn't it? I don't know if that was of the period. It's like she she is straight out of, like, the 1940s. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> With all that caked-on makeup. She's very petite. She's 5'2". Maybe they had to put her in an apple box when she was uh, massaging him and uh, soaping <laughs> him up. You know, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since you started talking about how women appear in the movie, um, you know, I don't like to talk about it. You know, but sometimes women have to be put in their place. It's not. Yeah. It's not my, my 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 doing. It's 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 the culture that we live in. All right. So, um, she was a good looking lady, but the the best looking woman in the entire movie was that sorority chick in the first scene when he's waking right. up. Mm-hmm. And if you look closely, you can see a little nip, little nip action there. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. What What is this movie rated? Oh, PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh. You have to look very closely. You have to pause it. Watch it in slow motion. Um, 
and put your face really close to the screen and you'll catch some. Oh. Now, I found a, a YouTube video that says how to pronounce Matsushita or Matsushita. Let's see whether this is going to mangle it more than we did. Yeah. Matsushita. Matsushita. Well, that's how, that's how us Brits would pronounce it. And I thought it was Matsushita, but maybe... I'm going to say again. Matsushita. Matsushita. Yeah, they're putting the emphasis on the su, aren't they? That, that lady, the Japanese people are putting the emphasis on the suit, yes. Yeah. That yeah. lady or young boy sounds like she's under duress, though, Neil. Believe it or not, that is not <laughs> a Japanese Matsushita, person. No! That's actually not a Japanese person saying that. I don't want to get into this, so. <laughs> but we'll believe them. No, I guess. Matsushita, no. Matsushita, 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 Matsushita. Oh, well, fuck it. Who cares? Anyway, the guys, the guys behind this movie. Speaking of pronouncing things, um, Tom Selleck. He didn't say his love interest name correctly throughout the entire movie. He keeps calling her Hiroko and hey, Hiroko, when it's actually Hiroko. And it's pretty fun. Like if this were a real movie, um, uh, Hiroko would have corrected him immediately and told him how to say her name correctly. Now, wait a minute. This is getting started to sound a bit like Lolf with his uh, Millennium Falcon and Millennium Falcon. So give me the two. Give <laughs> me the two pronunciations. Falcon. What's the, what's the, uh, Take it. give me the two pronunciations. What's the, give me the first, give me the, uh, Selleck and then Tom the real Selleck? one. Yeah. Hiroko. Yeah. And then the real one, Hiroko. Oh, d- come on. Okay. He's mangling it a bit, but that's not hardly, <laughs> the, she's hardly not going to know who she's, he's talking about, right? Sure. But <laughs> what if I were calling you, uh, Nell? You do, you do, you get it wrong all the <laughs> What's the deal, Neil? What's hey Neil? Neil, what's the deal, man? Oh, that's funny. What's going on TB, here, mate? TB correcting people's pronunciation—that's a good one. Yeah, it's I know. The, I I can it's correct the Queen's them because English for, for a reason, I, have ex- I have experience. <laughs> I have experience pronouncing things. Yeah, right. Like coyotes. <laughs> Squirrels. Squirrels. <laughs> now, we, we've mentioned the baseball scenes a little bit. I, I found them somewhat interesting and exciting in, in some points. One thing I, I struggled to get over, though, was the super fake hitting sound effects. Oh, where how dare you, sir? <laughs> how dare you? Every time the bat hits the ball in this movie, it sounds like the ball is exploding off of the yes. bat. That was my favorite, one of my favorite, it's like a simple pleasure I have is, uh, is the Foley work in this movie. Listen to this, Steve, Steve, how can you not like this? Oh, yeah, listen to that ball fly. Yeah, wow. there it goes. Is that from Mr. Baseball or NBC? Sounds like a rifle. The slap. <laughs> that, that's the, uh, big slugger, um, Frank the Thomas. guy that's taken over for Selleck. Yeah. And here's another one I like is the, um. The fast pitches, like this one. <laughs> you can hear that ball slapping against the glove. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, that one that one had some, some stang on it, had some mustard. <laughs> but also, you know, at at one point the manager tells uh Elliot to bunt. And El- Elliot's incredulous about this. And I was kind of with him. Um, a player like Jack Elliott has probably not bunted since he was ever. Like right, exactly. Like yeah. he he wouldn't have bunted in high school. He would not have bunted in college. He would not have 
bunted in the pros because he's a power hitter. So, right, so this is a this is a common thing in movies, isn't it, where they a player is asked to bunt? But is I guess what you're saying is it's normally players who can't hit, right? Yeah, you would no. not have well, your isn't number that three. Or no, it's not players that can't hit. Thing no. as well. If like it's, a, you know, it's strategic. It's strategic. Yeah. You want to get yeah. you want to get a bun out so you can get a runner running the bases. So why mm-hmm. would he be offended then if it's just strategy? Because he he does his in his his batting order he's not a bunter and his his entire career is probably he has never had to bunt he's right. always trying to get people initially onto a base not not to yeah. get them running around the base okay. stealing or anything like that and and statistically because he doesn't bunt ever it's probably more likely that he'll do something stupid like even the first pitch he takes you notice he does kind of try to bunt he has his hand on the bat as if he's going to bunt. But he looks completely unawares to do it. So, I mean, you can't make the argument. In Japanese baseball, they do bunt a lot more than they do in American yeah, baseball. Uh, so you can make the argument, oh, it, it kind of proves, you know, that he is loafing, that he is not taking this seriously because he, this is probably something they practiced and he didn't do. So, um, I don't know if you noticed Jack's agent's assistant. Who, oh, another hottie, right? Yep, a a blonde lady who who had hair to rival the the woman from Bloodsport last week. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like her hair, her hair and her outfit were just ridiculous. They were, <laughs> oh my god, that it was so nineteen nineties. Well, um, you got what are you Bloodsport eighty eight? Uh, this one was ninety two, and again, I think mm-hmm. I think the, the big big hairy hair period probably did last longer in certain parts of the world <laughs> i think i mean i even back in the sort of the mid to mid 90s there was this girl i mm-hmm. worked with who yeah. refused to give up her big hair and we just called we called her kevin keegan behind her back there's not a very nice thing to say really but he had this huge perm he was a, another footballer you see he had this massive perm <laughs> massive sort of big bushy hair and uh yeah some people refuse to give it up don't they oh yeah it, she sounds magical <laughs> I don't. I would say anymore because I think I'm insulted her as it is. Did you? Did you? Did you snogger? Did you yeah, get no, the digits? I, I, on the same sort of topic, um, <laughs> I used. To, I worked with this guy. Uh, we used to go to near where we worked. We had this nice little sort of French bakery, and they did these really nice sort of sandwiches and what have you, and very very nice. And this girl, French girl, worked started working there. Um, and this guy I worked with, he he was in, interested in her, and he kept sort of hanging around and stuff. And we would go in there occasionally, and then one of us noticed that she had, and I think this is a French thing, that, you know, they don't really, not all of them were really bothering to shave the old armpits and what have you. And she had Ooh. a lovely tash, lovely moustache. Um, <laughs> oh, and no. so from then on, we just called, we just referred to her as Magnum. Um, <laughs> obviously not to her face. <laughs> but, you know, and it would drive him mad, you know, this kind of teasing really. Um just pop over there and say hi to Magnum for us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that poor, that poor lady. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Teeb can have a good natured laugh about her since he doesn't objectify women like no, you and I do. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. He's not the, uh, he's very politically correct. His TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So of brisket. Do you, do you have any naked pictures of your wife? Do you <laughs> want to see them? <laughs> which, which by the mm-hmm. way is, it's kind of sort of funny, except it was only kind of sort of funny in Major League, which came out four years before this. They 
there's a similar line in Major League. It's almost exactly the same. But yeah, they, that's a common thing in sports movies, isn't it? Really trying to put people off. Mm. Yeah, and I I think it's it must be a running baseball gag. Mm. Um, although unsurprisingly, I did not hear this on the Little League diamond when I played. <laughs> so, um, but the uh, the basic plot of this movie is essentially like a a I don't know a a PG thirteen version of Major League that it's. It's not nearly as good. It's it's solely on it's solely focused on Tom Selleck and he can't he can't really carry it off as well as you know the multiple perspectives of Major League could. Yeah. So. Yeah, I said I mentioned earlier on I, I watched Major League almost right directly after this, and what you notice about Major League is that it's just chock full of characters and that's it's almost like a mm-hmm. cartoon. It's but it's so funny. Because each character is introduced and they've got their own funny sort of traits. And this, you know, Mr. Baseball, is, as you said, it's just Tom Selleck, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the second build in this movie would be his manager. Mm. Like, that's who he... Yeah, on Ken, IMDb he is. Not on the posters. Yeah. Ken Takakura? Oh, that guy. Yeah, he's yeah. been in like 200 movies or something ridiculous, hasn't he? Yeah. Or was he? I, I imagine because he's bilingual and because it's Hollywood. That's, uh, that's no, Hollywood. No, he's, he's been in movies. Japanese movies. No, um, I I do think that he, the Uchiyama, the manager, was the best actor in the movie. He was actually pretty good. I liked him. His, yeah, his mm-hmm. acting chops. I agree. And you have the reveal halfway through that oh, he can speak English. Never seen that mm. one before. Nope. Complete surprise that that was coming. You know, I I was not aware that Kobe beef was a thing in 1992. I guess it's. Mm. It's yeah, Japanese. that's before, that's before uh, Kobe even started playing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find it's Kobe beef, TB. How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Me and Teebs apologize, then. Uh-huh. Um, the, the other thing I really noticed during the baseball scenes, a lot of B-roll of people eating in Japanese stadiums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that is a thing, though. I, I was reading up, and it, apparently... They do have a, a nice selection of foods available at stadiums. Like you, you mm. can get a bowl of noodles or you can get some uh, fried squid and, you know, eat an entire meal there. I'm sure that's the case, but this movie was close to two hours. I think it was an hour 45, hour 50. I could have done without the the, the repeated shots of people eating in Japanese stadiums with no context yeah. to the rest of the film. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know if it would necessarily help, though. I could done with done without one hour fifty of this movie existing. No, I think the the shots of the the audience were were actually real shots of the Dragon Stadium during a real game, and that's yeah, you know, I I read they uh, I read that they they, um, they bust people in and because uh, uh, normally when you fake when you when you fake sports you don't fill up the stadium but I think they managed to find enough people to fill mm-hmm. up the stadium when they were filming, um or not fill it up but have enough that it looked convincing. Um, and they, there was even a typhoon, uh, and they just sat there. The you know the the extras sat there and uh, they are and dedicated it. and honourable. Mm. Mm. And when the game is over, a fat lady sang to them. <laughs> <laughs> are you trying to suggest that this is actually a funny movie, SG? And I'm not sure. Uh, are you are you being sarcastic here? Um, I, I on the board. Uh, Victory Jin mentioned that his grandmother really liked this movie. That sounds about right. And that she would. <laughs> That she would watch it a lot, Jesus. and I feel like mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that's about right. This is the type is of she's set in her ways, <laughs> like them funny little Japanese peoples. 
no, I'm not. I'm not trying to say she's racist or anything. I'm trying to say this is like that type of, you know, generic movie that would be playing on TNT in like 1995, and you would just leave leave it on the background while you were visiting your parents or something. Maybe she would uh, tell her friends about it and describe it as uh, Tom Selleck's. Tom Selleck teaches Japanese people how to to spit and punch each other on the field. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, this is. This is a good movie if if you're into chesty Tom Selleck. Well, it's like, in theory, what should happen is Tom Selleck should, his character should um, be educated and maybe a bit mm-hmm. redeemed by his his time in Japan. Yeah, what humbled. actually happens is yeah. he teaches them to punch each other. and Teaches them to curse. He teaches them to spit all over the field, spit their tobacco all over the field, and also teaches them how to get in fights with the umpires. You're right, you're right, yeah. And, and the thing is, at the end of the movie, yeah, when... When uh, he's supposed to have redeemed himself and become uh, more open-minded, open your mind to the Zen and sniff that incense and get it into into your brain um, and be calm and collected and follow your coach. What does he do? He defies his coach's orders and he bunts. His coach told him to swing and he, Mm -hmm. despite having changed for the better, he actually didn't. He went back to his old ways and defied the coach, bunted, but they like him for it now. Mm. And, and by the way, that final play, I was going to mention that, completely illegal. He shoved the guy with the ball to make him drop the ball, which it, that that means he is out and everyone goes back to their base. <laughs> because, yeah. because it happened in the playoffs with A-Rod versus the Red Sox. He got he got a ton of shit because he he swiped at the ball while the catcher was trying to tag him. So... That that's a completely illegal play that they end the movie on, hmm. which I I don't know I don't know why they did that they could have they could have just as easily had him beating the throw or something like that, and and also the other the other thing to 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 piggyback on your point brisket, um, after a season in Japan he goes right back to living in Detroit this time apparently as a coach, and he also brings his his girlfriend or wife with him, as opposed to you know. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like coaches at that point I don't think he was the, the manager he was probably making like 60 grand he could have been making more playing another year in Japan and for know, sure yeah embracing mm-hmm. her culture a bit more mm-hmm. his now wife slash mistress <laughs> yeah well, there's yeah. there's there's somewhat murky on his success with women I guess in the beginning we're supposed to think oh he's He's a hot shot. He's he's hopping in the beds like that sorority girl's bed, um, but we don't really see much of that because he's pretty much immediately off to Japan in the first ten minutes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, she asks him about she asks him about the assumption that that she was interested in him, um, and he says if a girl in the stands motions to me, I assume that she wants to blah 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 and whatever. So that he does. <laughs> he, he does indicate it there, doesn't he? Yeah, that's true. Something about a girl in the stands waving at him or something. Yeah, he did get the warning from from Dennis Haysbert. I hope you didn't bring your dick with you. <laughs> I, <don't remember> that. <laughs> I was going to ask you, to, TB. I don't know if you noticed the uh, the first couple of scenes with the love interest. She was clearly dubbed, but I don't know whether uh-huh, the rest yeah. of it was she dubbed in the rest of it. I don't know. I think it might have been. Well, for sure, in that that first scene when she's in the stands talking to him, 
and it might might be due to the recording. Well, it may be this bad ADR. Later on, and later it's on her. It's, yeah, actually, yeah. thinking about it, I um, didn't think of that. Yeah, later on, it looked pretty mm. real. Yeah, I didn't see, notice much dubbing. Because mm-hmm. it probably would have been difficult for her to to do. I imagine she was doing lines in English, wasn't she? And then ADRing that yeah. would probably have been quite difficult. You know, they do get some of the little baseball things right, like the, um, his obsession with stats. Mm-hmm. Like when he's pleading to stay in the Yankees in, in the beginning of the film. Last season, I led this club in ninth inning doubles in the month of August. Yeah. <laughs> like that. that is correct. I've When I've interviewed athletes, I do notice that some of them do have the weirdest knowledge of their own stats like that. So mm-hmm. to kind of justify, you know, a bad ear. Now you mentioned the differences between American baseball and Japanese baseball. What, what are the major differences then? Are there different rules? I don't think there's a, any big rule differences. I think it's mm. just a different, mainly the same. It. It's uh normally with Japanese baseball, um, their power is at a premium. So, you know, a slugger like Jack Elliott, who was kind of, kind of, kind of on his way out of the major leagues. Yes, he he can set power records in Japan. Um, mm. It's gotten more competitive in recent years, but like the, when they're mentioning, oh, you know, he could break this home run record of hitting in seven or eight straight games, that did happen in Japan, where I believe the player's name was Tuffy Rhodes. Mm. They refused to pitch to him because they didn't want him to to break uh, the Japanese home run record. Oh, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Tuffy, Tuffy Rhodes, in his major league career, batted 224 with 13 home runs and 44 runs batted in. Um, but in Japan, he hit 474 home runs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he was you know this 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 happened a lot in um let's see when was his peak um basically he went to japan in 1996 so four years after this movie um but that his experience was not unusual aren't there some uh japanese baseball players who are making it in uh major league in the u.s as well though or were there oh yeah yeah Mm. yeah and what positions do they play then? Um, kind of, uh, kind of. P- there's all a lot over. of pitchers now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. Yep. Makes sense. The, the the pitching, you'll also get guys who use unusual windups, um, you know, and have unusual sink and rotation and spin on their fastballs. The most famous one is probably Hideo Nomo, who mm-hmm. would turn turn his back to the plate during his windup so that you couldn't see the ball coming out of his hand. Ooh, and he had a sneaky. Yes, he had, he, had, he had a good four or five year run, and then held on for another five years. So, um, and there, you know, there's um, Ichiro Suzuki. Um, although I think he's just called Ichiro for the most part. He he's going to be a Hall of Famer in both Japan and the U.S. in Major League Baseball. Hmm. Um, so there there have been players who have who have bounced back and forth. There haven't really been any Japanese power hitters though who. Hmm who have been power hitters in Japan and in major league baseball. Like the best has been, um, uh, Hideki Matsui who managed, you know, 20 home runs a year in major league baseball. So mm-hmm. there are a couple of, uh, Japanese and Korean soccer players who actually made it to the premier league and did reasonably well as well. So oh. that's quite, it's quite nice to see that sports becoming a bit more global. 
you know, you, I mean, there are even, uh, I mean, you get a couple of, there are a couple of Americans play, who played in the Premier League and Australians. and So it's not all just Europeans anymore. Yeah. Well, that, Americans have not really penetrated soccer as much as you'd think we would with our, our nation's size and resources. Yeah. Yeah. Although, in theory, actually, the American record in the World Cup is is almost as good as the English record. So certainly for the last seven or eight tournaments. <laughs> Oh, that's because yeah. the, the English teams are all populated by by Spaniards and, and well, French players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we should have. A, this is a bit of an aside, but we should have a British team and not an English team because we, you know, you know, George Best couldn't play for England because he was Irish, and um, you know, few, few, mm-hmm. some very good players couldn't play for England. So, oh, well, the the last American great hope, Freddie Adu, has not been doing so well either. So, mm. Freddie Adu, Freddie Adu. So. What do you guys think um, Hiroko's real job is? Is she a reporter? Is she an architect? She, she's always <laughs> drafting plans at the easels. She is and, in charge of the advertisements and endorsements for the team. I think that's a ruse. Why? I think she is hired by daddy to be the team fluffer for uh, <laughs> gaijins that come in. She has to She's trying to keep those wild gaijins in line by keep, keeping them in their beds and off of the streets. She did hop onto uh, Tom Selleck fairly quickly, actually, didn't she? She did, yeah. Yeah, going back to his apartment, and it was a bit of a shock to him, not a shock, but a bit of a surprise to him that she was decided to disrobe and hang out in his bathroom. Yeah, we kind of ripped uh, Road Hard for having an unrealistic start to a relationship. This one has even less of a start. Like, she just comes up to him in batting practice and is like, hey, you know, I'm in charge of your publicity. And then from there, they yeah. fall in love, I guess. Did you? I don't know if you've heard, any of you guys have heard the uh, review of Road Hard that Anderson Cowan did on the Film Vault. It is not yet fucking hilarious. <laughs> he sort of, he starts off trying to be sort of uh, uh, conciliatory towards, because Brian is there, um, because Brian, Brian, work, Brian Bishop works for uh, Adam. Uh, and he's on the film vault, and he ends up ripping into it. <laughs> it's just amazing. <laughs> and Brian's sitting there going, "No, I thought it was quite good, actually." <laughs> uh, funny. I I have not heard that yet. I read about it mm. today a little bit. It does not seem like the type of movie that that Anderson would like in the slightest. No. Well, what's not good about all, yeah. what's really, really, I really enjoyed about his comments were that he liked the hammer. I mean, like, I don't know if we talked, we didn't really talk about it on this episode, on the episode we did, but I think most of us did enjoy the hammer, didn't we? Um, it was a decent movie. It's okay, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's not the greatest. It's comedy no Mr. Baseball, two thousand seven, but it, it was all right. And uh, and he also made the point that he like he thinks Adam Carolla is very, very funny. And he he did say also that um, the fact that he had a personal relationship with him and a sort of falling out with him and they didn't get on kind of coloured his thoughts about Adam. But if he didn't know him personally, he said he was one of the fun- he said he was one of the funniest guys he ever knew, which is you know a big compliment for coming from him. And then he goes and slates this movie to the shit. <laughs> Very funny. Mm. Yeah, you know, we were talking about the the nice sound effects in this movie, the the great foley work in this movie. Um, I cut this clip specifically for our friend, um, Paul, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a little bit long, but bear with it. Um, mm-hmm. Neil, if you can amp this up in post, yeah. uh, Paul, put your headphones on real tight. Here we go. Oh God. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> yeah, Paul's going to love this. He absolutely hates uh, mouth noises and eating noises. This is real time, by the way. Um, I don't know if you saw. I I used the the temp image for this episode. I used that picture and slapped yeah. up the noodles. So. Now, have you guys, now, have you Neil, guys gone Neil, to... Uh, wasn't that like, scene funny? Wasn't that scene funny, Neil? Come no. On. Now, have you guys gone to, um, like, Chinese restaurants or whatever, restaurant, Asian restaurants, where they, where you're sitting with people who do that? Have you have you been to places you like mean, that? You mean when I eat with my, my wife's family? Well, this is my question, really, because I've I, my favourite Chinese restaurant, you get a lot of Chinese people going to it, and that's how they eat the noodles. Well, not quite. Yeah, well, um, and it's not... She said, "Oh, you got you have to do it because it's polite." No, it's not polite. It's, not it's polite, just no. that's just just this how you eat noodles. Um, I think see the in, in, to in keep, Asian cultures either to cool the noodles or because you get the better you can taste it better or something. One of the two, isn't it? No, it's or just the, the, the sauce, it's, the, I don't the know. Broth, I think right? it's not about cooling or tasting. It's it, that's just how they eat it. Like in America or even in England and France and all those places, you grow up. Oh, we have to twirl around your spaghetti around your fork on a spoon and get it all into your mouth in one bite because that's the polite way to do it there it's just they don't have that etiquette rule it's just eat your noodles oh when i eat spaghetti that's exactly how i eat mine i just slurp them up up. yeah exactly that is if you were to naturally go if you have a plate of noodles and you don't have any etiquette training at all in any culture go and eat your noodles you'll be slurping it up like that it's just Mm. eat it naturally hmm you follow yeah, you get what I'm putting on there. Although you sometimes wonder about these etiquette things, like I think it's maybe was in Arab cultures. If you, when you finish your meal, if you don't burp really loudly, then people would take offense. And I don't know how. I think that is true, uh, true an that old is. wives' tale. Is that true? It I, sounds I've always fake, heard that doesn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it sounds fake. Like if you don't burp, it's impolite. When I finished a meal, you know, to please my host, I just drop a big old fart. Because that's really telling them. <laughs> <laughs> I really, I ate it so quickly that, that treated you know, my belly well. I've already digested it, and here, here it comes. <laughs> here, get in close, everybody. Gather around. <laughs> <laughs> Time for dessert. <laughs> <laughs> Some toots, mummy, mummy. <laughs> that was a great meal. <laughs> Oh dear. Although if you eat, because you know the us Brits do eat a lot of curry, and that's that's something that's hard to avoid after you've had a big curry, and maybe wash it down with a you know twelve pints of lager. Really, it's hard to avoid those. Certainly when you get home. Yeah. <laughs> Good times. Good times. There is some very deep symbolism in this movie. Um, I <laughs> some great writing. Um, when. Early on in the movie, Tom Selleck, when he first heads over to Japan, to the dragons, he has to duck and lower his head through every single corridor and doorway that he walks through. But by the end of the movie, um, they raised the ceilings, he got taller, uh, and he could walk with his head up high through the exact same places. Uh, (laughs) It's a conspiracy. 
that is very deep. I'm glad Selick's work on the screenplay went into that as mm-hmm. opposed to as opposed to jokes. I I don't even know what that is. <laughs> it's from it's from Mr. Baseball. <laughs> sure it is. So are you saying this Mr. Baseball is not going to make your your baseball films top five, Neil? New, new. Well, what do you even new. have there? You have Major League, of Major course. Build of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Build of Dreams isn't a baseball movie, really, is it? It's a kind of a mystical, ghosty movie. I don't consider mm-hmm. that to be a baseball the movie. The Natural. Natural's pretty good. Bull Durham. Uh, yeah. Bull Durham. So you got three there. Mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. Yeah. Angels in the Outfield. Uh, I don't think I've seen Rookies at Rookie of the Year. League of Their Own, obviously. That's a good one. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bad News Bears. Oh, there you go. Five, yeah. Oh, Bad News. Yeah. Yeah, there have been a lot of good baseball movies. Some yeah. of them are kids' movies, but, you know, like a- Angels in the Outfield, I I probably would not like that now, but I loved it when I was, you know, 12. Mm-hmm. Tony Danza. Airbud 2, Home Run. Home Run Bud. <laughs> Show me the rule book where a dog can't play baseball. In theory, Moneyball is a baseball movie. It's not really, is it? It's about statistics and yeah. Management. What about um? I I have not seen this movie, but I I think Neil, have you seen a uh, Sugar, which is the documentary? I think. Well, actually, I think it's one of those fictionized documentaries about uh Cuban baseball players and Dominican baseball players. And you no, although what there wasn't a, wasn't there a quite a good thirty for thirty about that type of subject recently. Um, um, about a, an agent yeah. who went. I don't know where where he's going. Where, oh, Cuba. He went to Cuba, didn't he? Oh yeah. yes, yes. Um, Br- Brothers in Exile. I mm. think it was, was very good. I think. Yeah, about um, Levon and Adrian Hernandez. Right now, have you seen Trouble with a Curve? That's the uh, Clint Eastwood one. That's a recent one. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I heard like it. a turd. It's not brilliant. Yeah. It's not very good. Is uh Amy Adams is in that right? Um, Brad, Braddy Coops, Braddy Coops, yeah, Braddy Coops. yeah, so yeah that, that. Was, that was Amy Adams looking at. Uh, just, I think it's, I think it's set in like maybe ten or twenty years ago, and she's wearing dodgy outfits. I think. Um, now, wow. John Hamm did the Million Dollar Arm recently. That's, it must be a kids' movie for Disney. But I haven't seen that one. Oh yeah, it was this um, one where they recruit the cricket player from India, right? Yeah, I don't know. is it? Yeah, it was actually um, Simmons had a had a piece of that movie, so he was promoting the movie quite a bit. But I don't, mm. I don't really think it did that well. Now, uh, Steve, here, there's one more mm. movie that I think you were probably a fan of, um, called The Sandlot. Oh mm. yeah, that's a great movie. It's a good, a good baseball movie. Yes. Yeah. Let's not forget, of course, although it's TV, uh, Eastbound and Down. Sure. Oh yeah, that's pretty baseball focused. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would consider that a baseball TV show. Yeah. Mm. You know, I I have not seen that really. I've seen clips here and there. It's fun. It's pretty good. Pretty fun. I've 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 seen all about plums, deep in the plums. I think it's Steve. Now the, it's the, Steve, the, actually, the movie isn't it Air Steve. Bud? Isn't it Steve TV? Yep. Who was his little sidekick? Is that the, is that the guy's name? Oh, I can't remember the name. Oh um, God, let's look it up. You mean the his super fan, right? And, Andy Daly. Steve Little is the char- is the actor's name. Oh, he does play Steve. Yeah, he plays a character called Stevie. So, yeah. 
but the stuff he gets up they make him do it is just ridiculous that's probably the funniest part of the uh tv show i think and it's pretty outrageous the 2002 classic disney movie Airbud seventh inning fetch um has a picture of a dog on the cover holding a baseball bat in his mouth and a raccoon holding a baseball now wasn't Airbud originally all about a dog that could play basketball or like right but there's no baseball? rule Against is he got old? Is he like the, the Jordan of dogs now? He's sort of switching. Yeah. Oh, he's more than that. He's he's Bo. You know he 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 knows everything. Um, there's Bo been so many of these movies. That, let me see. Is the that is the fourth film in the Airbud series? <laughs> oh um, Jesus! The Air, let's see. Airbud, Airbud, Golden Receiver. He plays football. Airbud, World <laughs> Pup. He plays soccer. Oh, Airbud, seventh inning fetch baseball. Airbud spikes back. He tackles volleyball. Oh dear. <laughs> And then there are about seven or eight more Air Buddies films where it's buddy, it's Bud's puppies playing a team of dogs that beat humans in their sports. I like the sound of that. That's pretty dumb. Why? <laughs> Why haven't we watched those movies yet? My goodness, that's pretty dumb. Fantastic! Oh my God, there's. There's so many dog ensemble movies. I've gone down a rabbit hole. Spooky Buddies. Oh my Space God. Buddies. Oh Santa, pa- Santa Paws. Santa Paws 2. Maybe we should do one of those for a future episode. <laughs> Treasure Buddies. Worst Air Bud movie. It's probably the, like, <laughs> yeah, the worst one is probably the one they've just done, right? Yeah, probably the most recent one. Oh, although Airbud get yeah, but the original one gets pretty yeah. Okay, the twenty-two worst sports movies ever produced. Here we go. This is from a couple of years ago. <laughs> Caddyshack two. Mm, that one is pretty bad. Space Buddies is four point four, but this is with dogs going into space. <laughs> 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 it's rated G. The bad news bears go to Japan. Oh, now that is that's bad. Good that that movie. What, how how does that movie complement this one? Like, ha, have you actually seen <laughs> okay. that one, Steve? Good point. <laughs> I have when I was, I think younger. Well, obviously I was younger, but I think when I was like ten or twelve. Um, and I even at that point I realized, oh, this is this is bad, but it's funny. Like ba- mm. basically, the first the first Bad News Bears is a legitimately good an offensive movie and the ones after that is just it's just kids being offensive and doing weird things like like going to the astrodome to play a game and that kind of stuff now they list rocky v as one of the worst sports movies and and i'm guessing you haven't seen that one cb so that might be a good choice oh that's horrible that is so that is such a bad movie uh ladybugs now the problem is i've seen ladybugs and i never want to see that again so is that that is that Rodney, the Rodney Dangerfield? Rodney Dangerfield, yeah, appalling. That, that other kid movie, yeah, yeah, and he for, he forces name? his uh, stepson to dress up as a girl to play soccer. D three, the Mighty Ducks. Oh, D D three's an okay movie. Okay, now we've got to Air Bud. It says the Air Bud series produced five movies that su- all suck something fierce, so they probably can't split them up. Uh, Air Bud two, Golden Receiver. It's got the lowest rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's like 6%. <laughs> That's terrible. 
how many, it says, how many more, this is from Business Insider. It says, how many more times can writers come up with the variations of the line, there's nothing in the rule book that says a dog can't play X? <laughs> yeah. I mean, have we had a tennis movie yet? Uh, oh, there's a lot on this list. Um, I'm skipping some of them because I've never heard of them. Um, Slapshot 2. Oh, dear. Because Slapshot is a great film. I, I hope they don't have the fish who save Philadelphia on that list. Now, this this could be a, a potential one. Like Mike from 2002, about a kid who finds Michael Jordan's old shoes and becomes an NBA star without by simply wearing them. You must have seen that one, Steve. Oh, no, I I think no? 2002, I was 18, so. Okay. Yeah, that was cool a little, little bit after, after, after my time. Mm. time watching these yeah, sports I, movies. I do believe the kid, though, is Bow Wow. Little Bow Wow at the time. Now, from the same year, I think you've mentioned this one before, uh, Steve. Do you want a man? No, I have not oh, mentioned that one man. before. Do you want a man? About a male <laughs> somebody, basketball somebody, player. Somebody wanted to uh, to watch that one on the movie club. Yeah. yeah. Do you want a man? It's about a male basketball player that joins the women's league after being banned from the men's. Um, that looks pretty bad. 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, the bench warmers, I don't think that's worth looking at. Is that the Adam Sandler? David Spade, yeah. Uh, I don't think Adam Sandler's in it, but yeah. his company. It's the Adam Sandler's friend's paycheck movie mm, right in fact i i know the where i, where I remember that from is um uh, adam carolla banging on about how bad that was in compared to the hammer right because you've been never do that again <laughs> bench warmers and then uh this is what i've never heard of but i might as well wrap up with it uh, who's your caddy from 2007 which stars a <laughs> big boy from outcast Oh wait! It starts. It starts. Big boy, not Andre three thousand. No. Well, it says he's a good actor in ATL. I think I've seen ATL above the line or whatever it's called. No, no, maybe that's something else. Um, six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That's pretty bad. Mm, yeah, that's. It's hard to get that low. Mm. Okay, so we wrap it up there, chaps. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so that's all we have time for this week. I'm off to find my rounders bat. Follow us on Twitter at DFSMC Podcast if you'd like to hear about upcoming movies. And check out compendiapodcast.com if you're into indie movies. My thanks this week go to the Diver Scale Movie Club members, Todd Brisket. What the hell's a shoe throw? And thanks to <laughs> Stephen Greenwell. What kind of business do you think I meant, Mr. Elliot? Funny business? <laughs> Monkey business? <laughs> That's for bats. Keep bats warm. See, I wanted to quote a load of Pedro Serrano lines, but that's the wrong movie. I think we all wanted to quote some Pedro Serrano watching this one. Mm. Oh, well. Well, I've got, I think I've probably got about another 10 or 20 minutes left to watch on Major League, so I'll, I'll be watching that later on, I think, finishing it off. Oh. Maybe I should have mentioned this during the recording, but mm-hmm. I actually have never seen Major League. Ah. <gasps> oh. I let you guys talk on about it. <laughs> This is why we can keep the keep recording going, just so we can hear you say such terrible things as that. Uh, <laughs> Major League is a legitimately good movie. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's, that's uh, it's probably yeah. the best funny sports comedy type movie of all time. I think. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a better one, I can't think of any. Yeah, I I'd, I'd say it's up there. That and probably uh, 
A League of Their Own is probably my favorite baseball movie. Yeah, but a League movie. of Their Own is movie? more... Wait. Is, a League of Their Own is comedy, but it's kind of comedy meets sort of melodrama, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah. quite sentimental, of, whereas Major League is not. Yeah, uh, Brisket, all of A League of Their Own, all of the scenes with John Lovitz are great. He's only mm-hmm. in the movie for five or ten minutes, so that's... There's that's no the crying issue. in baseball. Yeah, yeah, Hanks is good. <laughs> Madonna doing silly stuff, like mm-hmm. flashing the crowd. Even Rosie O'Donnell's good in uh, in uh, Liga Row. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be the only time that's happened. A, a film role with Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell and Gina Davis is no star actress. Mm. Was it Kiss Kiss Bang Bang she was in? Is that the one I'm thinking of? She's been in a few... Gina Davis? Mm, uh, yeah. Something Gina like that. Davis has been in some good stuff, as, as I recall. I just can't think of anything. Cutthroat Cut Island, of course. Oh, always, always a good sign. Um, Thelma and Louise. Yeah. yeah. Beetlejuice, The Fly, The Long Kiss Goodnight, Stuart Oh, The Little. Fly, there you go. That, her best movie is probably The Fly. Long Kiss, Long Kiss Goodnight is what I'm thinking of, yeah. Which is quite similar to, to Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Because it's got the word kiss in it. But actually, they are quite similar. They're sort of noirs, aren't they? Yeah. Uh-huh. She won a Golden Globe for Commander-in-Chief? My goodness. The Golden mm. Globes are so random. It was kind of rubbish, that that series. Yeah. Like like how Andy Samberg won last year for Brooklyn Nine-Nine, which is a show I like, but come on, let's get serious here. He's like, he's good in it. The show is good, but it's like 99% of that is him mugging, isn't it? Grinning at the camera. Mm, well, all of his scenes, yeah. It's ensemble, so they kind of do... Each episode is half him and half someone else normally. But yeah, it's him. It's him being Andy Samberg. He's not really acting. 